This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. According to the Russian Times, quoting the Wall Street Journal, U.S. values are in a sharp decline. Now, this is not coming as news to you, I'm sure, but it might come shockingly from Russia. Is it coming from Russia with love? Well, not sure that that's the case, but indeed, you can't find news of this report from the Wall Street Journal in American News Today. So why is it we can find it on the Russian Times? Well, there might be a reason. And as you listen to today's program, you're going to be unfortunately made aware of that reason. America's in apostasy, friends. We're on the fast track to national hell. And we're even receiving warnings from Russia over it. You say, wow, is that not the kettle calling the pot black? Well, maybe so, but somebody's got to call the pot black. If American leaders and Americans' pastors won't do it, maybe we've got to hear it from Russia. Maybe God would even raise up Russia to speak to us. I can't say for sure, friends, but here's what the Wall Street Journal found. America no longer finds patriotism, religion, children, or community involvement important. The Wall Street Journal survey found that the number of Americans who consider patriotism, that's love of country, religion, that's love of God, and other key American values important has fallen since the late 1990s and plummeted in the last four years. It was published on Monday. The poll found that the percentage of Americans who say that patriotism is very very important to them has fallen to 38%, down from 61% in 2019 and from 70% in 1998. Religion has fallen in importance, with 39% listing it as very important, down from 48% in 2019 and from 62% in 1998. Just 30% of Americans now consider having children very important, down from 43% in 2019 and 59% in 1998. And back in 1998, 47% ranked community involvement is very important, a figure that rose during the Trump administration to 62% and now has fallen to 27%. According to the Wall Street Journal, only money has consistently increased in importance in America and with Americans, with 43% of Americans ranking it as very important, up from 41% in 2019 and 31% in 1998. And according to the Wall Street Journal, the divide is widest in the among between Republicans and Democrats, particularly in the area of uh, patriotism. of Republicans considering love of country important compared to only 23% of Democrats. 
Now you understand why Democrats are pursuing a new world order, a completely different country, a completely different government, because they do not love their own. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to be taking a look, a very compassionate yet hard-hitting look at where we are as a country. Can you stand this? Are you ready for this? Are you willing to see what we really look like? I remember back when I was studying psychology, uh, undergraduate, and uh, a phrase came up. I think it might have even been the, the uh, title of a book. Your looking glass self. Your looking glass self. It reminds me of what the Apostle James said, whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty called the Bible, the Word of God, and then turns around and forgets what he saw in the mirror from the Word of God is in a desperate condition and is self-deceived. Well, maybe that's where we are. Maybe we are unable or unwilling even to look at to our looking glass self. Maybe that's the reason why the Bible has fallen off so precipitously in the mind and heart of we the people. Oh, not theoretically fallen off. No, not theoretically fallen off. We still, as George Gallup said, we still seem or appear to revere the Bible. We just don't obey it. And we don't read it. And that was in... What? 2005, something like that? No, 1995. That was in 1995, I believe, when George Gallup actually addressed the uh, National Christian Writers Group publishers in Dallas, Texas. And he had the most astounding things to say about Christians and the Bible, about Americans and the Bible. I'm wondering if he was not foretelling the foreboding of what we're going to be talking about here today on Viewpoint when the Russian Times has to deliver the message of the Wall Street Journal to Americans because we're not willing to see it ourselves. Well, it's hard to forget about Russia, but we'll forget about Russia for just a few moments. We're not talking about Russia and Ukraine. We're not talking about America and Ukraine Because the reality is that both countries are up to their eyeballs with Ukraine, and for different reasons. So let's look at America's moral condition. Because the moral condition is a reflection of our spiritual condition. You see, we can't worship our morals because the morals are merely a reflection or the symptom of an underlying cause, which is our spiritual Apostasy. Now, the word apostasy means to fall away, to lose a position from where you once were, the beliefs that you once held, the convictions that were once dear to your heart, and to fall away from those. The Apostle Paul talked about that, that before the appearing of the Antichrist, there would be a massive falling away of believers, 
People that said they were followers of Jesus Christ would fall away like flies. Are we seeing that today? Is it being reflected in our national statistics? Is it being reflected in the viewpoints uh, of others looking on from around the world, looking at us? As evil and wicked as the Iranian mullahs are, do they have a point Would they call America the great Satan? What are they really looking at? What are people around the world looking at when they look at us? A nation that once exported the saving gospel of Jesus Christ and now is renowned for its exportation of immorality and valuelessness. listening today we'll be right back once upon a time children could pray and read their bibles in school divorces were practically unknown as was child abuse in our once great america virginity and chastity were popular virtues and homosexuality was an abomination so what happened in just one generation hi i'm chuck chris meyer and i urge you to join me daily on viewpoint where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Today we're taking a spiritual portrait through American morality or the lack thereof, a spiritual portrait of we the people. And... What we're realizing is that we're in deep, deep trouble. And it didn't just start. This American apostasy, the fast track to national hell, began a long time ago. In fact, we can track it very carefully back to, say, uh, well, 1925 with the Scopes Monkey Trial there in Tennessee where William Jennings Bryan won the legal case and basically lost the moral and spiritual war as America embraced evolution. And so as America embraced evolution as a new alternative creation story for the Bible's creation account, everything else had to fall in its wake. Everything fell in its wake. Government, Law, education, there was nothing that did not fall in its wake. So evolution became the dominant creation order for our country. And where did that lead? Well, here's a clue as to where it led. Because, I mean, where do you start? Where do you start? There is so, so much that we need to uh, grab our attention today. In 2002, I came out with my book, Renewing the Soul of America. It was my second book, Renewing the Soul of America. Headlining that book were the words of Dr. Bill Bright, who was the founder of one of the largest ministries in the world, Campus Crusade for Christ. Here's what he said. As a country and as individuals, we stand at a crossroads. 
to continue on the path to godlessness or to return to the way of righteousness. Wow. So we're at a crossroads. He said that this book, Renewing the Soul of America, would show us how to make decisions that would enable us to claim the glorious destiny of our God and Savior has endured, uh, ordained for us as a country. Pat Robertson went on, the founder of, well, he's the known for the 700 Club, but also was the founder of CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network, out there in Virginia Beach. He said, what would happen to America and to the world if the people of this generation rediscover our spiritual heritage and commit their lives and the life of this nation to it? Chuck Chris Meyer tells us in Renewing the Soul of America, what can be done if we have the courage to make the right decisions? Well, obviously, we didn't have the courage to make those decisions. And from the place of Pat Robertson's Christian Broadcasting Network, we find a new movement to reclaim America's godly heritage and to restore and make a new covenant with God to return to God from our apostasy. This afternoon, after the broadcast, we'll actually be meeting with a gentleman who is leading that particular event, or at least the foundation for it. Nancy Leda Moss, author, broadcaster, said Chuck probes the heart and conscience of our nation with a rare combination of insight, directness, urgency, and compassion. This message desperately needs to be heard and heeded before it is too late. Well, she's the one that gave the keynote address to Fasting and Prayer 96 in St. Louis, sponsored by Dr. Bill Bright, that was calling the American church back to God. And the headline of her address was, Begin at My Sanctuary. In other words, not begin at the White House, not begin in the courthouse, not begin in the schoolhouse, but begin in the church house and in your house. Well, D. James Kennedy was not to be left out. He wrote with an insightful grasp on the history of our nation's founding, added to a deep understanding of the judgment God has imposed upon nations outside of his holy will, Chuck Chris Meyer clearly and crisply enunciates the choices facing not only America, but Americans in this dangerous period of our God-blessed but God-warned country. Now, you would think that with these kinds of uh, statements being made in the introduction of the book, Renewing the Soul of America, that we just might have had a whole slew of spiritual leaders that would have been directing us toward just that. Well, maybe not. Maybe we've been more interested in luring fickle souls into our congregations than we have in preparing them to meet their God. So, the late Adrian Rogers who once encountered me in a men's room at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and as we were chatting there, he looked at my tie and he says, wow, that, that's pretty bright. That's pretty, uh, uh, maybe that's worldly. 
Well, he had a very bland burgundy tie, as I recall. But uh, nonetheless, I had served upon him and 300 national Christian leaders a lawsuit. Not a lawsuit in the courts of men, but a lawsuit in the courts of the Lord. That was in 1996. And what was it about? Jehovah God, the Lord of nations, versus the spiritual leaders of America, a.k.a. pastors, parachurch leaders, broadcasters, publishers, and so on, as defendants. It was set forth in five legal causes of action that required their response. And it contained 28 pages of both presentation of the cause for which the lawsuit was brought in the courts of heaven, and numerous quotations as points and authorities taken from the book of Jeremiah. Were they willing to heed that when they received it? Well, not so much. I remember what Adrian Rogers said when I encountered him at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention and introduced myself as the one who had served that upon him. He said, wow, Chuck. He said, when I first got that, I thought, man, this person must be a kook. But then I started reading it. And he said, I knew then it was no kook. Well, here's what he had to say about the book Renewing the Soul of America six years later. He said, America is on the brink. We may be on the brink of blessings or incredible judgment. I firmly believe that God is our only hope. And at the same time, God himself is our biggest threat. It's my conviction that we do not need to persuade God to bless us as a nation, but permit him to do so. It would be glorious if every spiritual religious leader in America could read this book, Renewing the Soul of America. And that's just a sampling of the 38 national Christian leaders that endorsed this book. Now, what was different about this book? We're not here to market a book, by the way. We're here to use this as a means to help communicate a message over time, a generation leading to now when the Russian Times has to publish, because you can't get it published in America, a poll, a study by the Wall Street Journal talking about the United States' sharp decline in moral values which is a testimony of our sharper decline in spiritual values. So, before we go further, I want to make a copy of the book available to you. Uh, It is our best-selling book of all time, Renewing the Soul of America, One Person at a Time, Beginning with You. And you see, this is about you. This isn't about them God's direction is not to them, it's to you, it's to me, it's to his warmest audience. All the warnings of the Bible, all the warnings of Scripture, from Jesus and the apostles and the prophets, and so they're to God's people, those who profess his name, his warmest audience, not to the pagans. Jesus said the pagans are condemned already. Read it in John chapter 3, right there around chapter 3, verse 16, that we like to quote. Does that mean that he's not concerned about those pagans? No. It means that he's more concerned about those who claim to be his family but are walking in apostasy. Uh, Are we getting the point across yet? I hope so. Now, 
Here's the book, Renewing the Soul of America, one person at a time, beginning with you. It's an $18 book, yours for $15, on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, if you want to be encouraged, if you want to get a mixture now of our history, our heritage, and then the drift that has taken place, then this is the book for you. This is not about them. This is not about uh, somebody else. This is God's viewpoint concerning you and me. Concerning we, the people. Not them, the people. We, the people. Now, we know that truth has been an essential ingredient of the American character, but truth has fallen on very, very hard times. In fact, Truth has fallen on such hard times. For instance, in 1992, front cover, Time Magazine carried the headline, Lying, Everybody's Doing It, Honest. And the lead story was called Lies, Lies, Lies. And the byline asked, is anybody around here telling the truth? That was in 1992, friends, right as the Lord spoke to my heart to leave the practice of law, to plead his cause in the land as a voice to the church, declaring vision for the nation in America's greatest crisis hour. In that article of Time magazine, you'd never read that in that magazine today. But then they said lies flourish when people no longer understand or agree on the rules governing their behavior toward one another. And it wasn't just time. July 13th, 1992, Newsweek headlined Sea of Lies. That's right, talking about our own government. In fact, they said the public may now assume lying on the part of its representatives because it expects them to lie. So lying had become an integral part of the American character. Wow. That was in 1992. In 1991, Patterson and Kim, advertising executives for the J. Walter Thompson Advertising Agency, published a moral portrait of the American people titled The Day America Told the Truth. And their results quantified our personal ethics, our values, our beliefs as a people, based on the largest survey of private morals ever undertaken in any country on earth. You know what chapter 4 of their book was titled? American Liars. They concluded that lying had become a cultural trait in America. Lying is embedded in our national character, they said. And you thought that it was just in the last few years, didn't you? No, my friends, we have been talking about this for a very long time. In fact, a number of years ago, I did a newsletter called America at the Crossroads. Well, that's exactly what Dr. Bill Bright said in 2005. As a country and as individuals, we stand at a crossroads to continue on the path to godlessness or to return to the way of righteousness. Well, if you're on the fast track to apostasy, how do you return? 
How do you return? What does it even mean? Do you know what God said to the religious leaders of Israel? He said, you call me father. But if I be your father, then where is my honor? He said, you say that you serve me, but you don't do what I say. Your hearts are far from me. That's the problem. And this this poll from the Wall Street Journal reflects in a secular way where our hearts are spiritually. That's what we really need to talk about. And God said, return unto me and I'll return unto you. God is not chasing us down like so many preachers are saying. He says, you return to me, then I will return to you. Well, how are you going to do that? We'll be back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Today we're taking a maybe a, a bit of an unusual approach uh, to a subject that very few people want to even hear about. No, uh, tell me something nice, something sweet. Well, that never turned the tide in this country ever. You know what turned the tide in this country? Turn the tide of Americans back to God. Powerful preaching that confronted the people with their sin and the consequences of their sin. I have in front of me here a big article from the Epoch Times that came out a few weeks ago. And the headline is called The Price of Eliminating Consequences. Victor David Hansen wrote this. He wrote it as a secular piece, but I thought, that's exactly our problem. The price of eliminating consequences. We don't want there to be a consequence for anybody. Everybody gets a prize. Everybody gets a trophy. No matter whether they're living righteously or not, everybody earns a trophy. But God's the one that's handing out the real trophies, not the culture, The culture can only hand out little temporary trophies. But the Apostle Paul said, no, I'm not seeking those things. I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So what mark are you pressing toward? 
The Wall Street Journal says that as a people, as a country, we are pressing toward a very secular mark governed primarily by the love of money. That's what it says. And the article came, had to be published by the Russian Times because you couldn't get it in American publishing. You couldn't get it in the American news media. Why couldn't we get it? Well, because our media, even Fox News, Newsmax, AON, all of these, in many respects, are self-censored. They don't want to talk about something that might make you upset. So, they're not going to give you an article like this because it speaks to something they don't really care much about. And that's the moral and spiritual issues. They care about Ukraine, or think they do. They care about Iran. They care about China. They care about uh, all of these things. And they care about shootings, mass shootings in the schools. But they forget that the reason those mass shootings are taking place is as a consequence of our moral and spiritual apostasy in this country, starting in 1925 with uh, the Scopes Monkey Trial. And continuing on in 1947 with the Supreme Court declaring the artificial separation of church and state so that the moral and spiritual message of the church could never reach was straight-armed from reaching the people in our government. Then, which, by the way, was totally contrary to the Constitution. It was just made-up law like Roe versus Wade. Then came 1961, 1962, and three with the uh, Supreme Court outlawing prayer in the public school, outlining the Bible, outlawing the Bible in the public school, and by 1982, outlawing the the Ten Commandments on the schoolhouse wall, on the courthouse walls, and so on. Do you see the trajectory? We straight-armed the God who made and preserved us a nation for all these years, almost an entire century, and we're seeing the echoing consequences of it, and we still don't get it. We're playing pretend like two-year-olds, putting our hands over our face and saying, look, God, you can't see me. But he does. He sees it all. Can you imagine how the angels of heaven are weeping over what's happened to this country that claimed to be a nation under God? We're no more under God than the man in the moon. Even the man of the moon may be more under God. At least the man of the moon isn't rebelling against God. So, we now take a look back to Russia again. Now, please, I'm not here to exalt Russia. And I'm certainly not here to exalt Vladimir Putin. I'm not here to exalt you either. We're here to exalt God. I'm not here to exalt myself either. We're here to exalt God. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. Now, the Jordan Times contained this headline. 
moral historical rightness is on our side, says Putin. Moral historical rightness is on our side. Now, the word rightness is a modern word for righteousness. He says, from his viewpoint, Russia is more moral and more righteous than the whole Western world. And he believes it. It doesn't matter whether you believe it at the moment, he believes it. And he says, no way, no how am I going to allow this decadent, depraved Western world driven by America to somehow take down Russia like it's take down its own country. That's what he says. And it's hard to fault him for that. Here's an article that came out in The Hill, I think yesterday. The Russian bear has become the big bad wolf to the American left, blamed for everything from winning the election for Donald Trump to penetrating the U.S. electric grid to birthing fake news. But is there a real problem that Russia has become the new national equivalent of the moral majority? An ideological component was integral to the Cold War, with a then more traditionalist West opposing the Marxist red menace of the Soviet Union. But then something happened. Something seriously happened. Now, increasingly, the United States and the Western world has adopted a sexual agenda being spread throughout the world opposed by an explicitly traditionalist Russia. While some U.S. state governments punish Christian businessmen for not serving, servicing same-sex weddings, Russia outlawed pro-homosexual propaganda in 2013, 10 years ago. Our left was apopoletic apoplectic about it. And the Obama administration condemned that law. Obama famously declared, we're no longer just a Christian nation. So Russian President Vladimir Putin agreed with Obama's assessment in a keynote speech in 2013, criticizing Western countries for having moved away from their roots, including Christian values. So where Obama was trying to force churches to provide employees prenatal infanticide drugs, Putin prohibited prenatal infanticide after 12 weeks and has stood side by side with the Orthodox Church's Patriarch Krill, a staunch Kremlin ally. In the same speech, Putin targeted the West's woolly-headed relativism, saying, Policies are being pursued that place on the same level a multi-child family and a same-sex partnership, a faith in God and a belief in Satan. This, he said, is the path to degradation. Sounds like it should have been the pastors in America's pulpits, but they were too, well, tender-hearted to deliver the message that needed to be delivered. They were too busy, busy in being winsome rather than truly ministering to the, to, to the people to prepare them for the end of the age. The Kremlin also skewered two other Western sacred cows, 
writing in 2014 a document titled Foundations of the State Cultural Policy that rejects such principles as multiculturalism and tolerance and those opposing alien values on society. So Putin is making the bold claim, listen to this, that Moscow is the godly city of today and command posts of the counter-reformation against the new paganism. Pat Buchanan opined in 2014, nine years ago, Vladimir Putin is plugging into some of the modern world's most powerful currents. When hearing sentiments such as Vladimir Putin's, liberals normally would shout racist, bigot, homophobe, hater. But that's when hearing opinions expressed by their own traditionalist countrymen. Can you imagine how they feel about a powerful foreign leader going the full fall will? Russia now is the sum of all their fears. The Christian coalition with nukes. Now, Putin is no choir, choir boy, my friend. He may even be an imperialist. But at least he has the gumption to stand for biblical morality. And he finds that to be rooted in biblical spirituality. In other words, biblical authority. So as we have abandoned biblical authority, we ended up having to create a museum for the Bible in America, in our in our uh, capital. A museum. The Bible had to be put in a museum because in 1983, Congress had declared the year of the Bible sort of an in memoriam because Americans were no longer obeying the Bible. Are we beginning to get the picture? How do we stop the apostasy? The apostasy is not just with them, my friends. It's in God's house. Hello? Are you still there? We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Chapter 2 of my book, Renewing the Soul of America, is titled A Nation at Risk. 
In her relatively short existence, America has influenced the world for good as no other nation in history. From a fledgling association of 13 colonies struggling to get up and walk as a nation of one people, to its position as the nation to which all eyes of the world turn, America has been blessed. One can scarcely indulge in even a brief review of its meteoric rise for the heroic bloodshed of the Revolutionary War to its position as the leader among the powers of the earth without seeing the unmistakable hand of God upon the nation. But, but America is at risk. Her foundations are cracking. And it appears the hand of God's protection is being withdrawn. The principles that made us great have become tarnished and our moral fiber is corroded. There is a vicious moral and spiritual war raging in the hearts and minds of Americans. Can we survive? Can America be saved? And if so, how? This, my friends, was written in 2002. 21 years ago. Uh, almost an entire generation ago, this book was written as a very kind warning, a very compassionate warning to we the people. It was served on every congressman, every senator in our national Congress, the President of the United States, and his cabinet. All of those individuals were served with a copy of this book. They were put on notice. They were given due process. Did they respond? Oh, no. Not even the Christians responded. You see, we're too busy about, well... We're too busy about power, perks, and position. We're too busy about parties rather than purity. And rather than the pont, uh, potentate of our souls, God himself. No, we've apostatized. And it began, we were in rapid apostatization already in 1992. Here is what Newsweek said. How Our American Dream Unraveled. Again, another Newsweek article, The Glooming of America, 2000, excuse me, 1992. Another Newsweek article, 1992. We believed that prosperity would create the good society. We were wrong. Another article in 1992 from Time Magazine, The Fraying of America. Another, in 1992, the Associated Press, if America doesn't watch out, it's going to be judged as finished by the world. Oh, my friends, we're going to be judged as finished by God. Forget about the world. God will judge nations in this life and you in the world to come. Time magazine also in 1992 said voters are demanding of their leaders the personal virtues they decreasingly demand of themselves. Newsweek in 1992 said we unwittingly adopted a view of human nature that assumed spiritual needs could ultimately be satisfied with material goods. 
U.S. News and World Report said politics have become unabashedly devoid of principle. Polls have replaced judgment. Polls have become for modern Americans, uh, politicians and pundits, what the oracle at Delphi was to the ancient Greeks. Polls tell them everything except how to behave with integrity, judgment, and honesty. So William Sapphire, a renowned uh, political commentator, asked this question rhetorically, will anything so old-fashioned as moral outrage ever make a comeback? Even George Gallup concluded, we are in a moral and spiritual crisis. But friends, that was back then. Here we are now. That crisis has turned into full-fledged apostasy. We're not drifting away from God. We're not drifting away from the claims of Jesus Christ. We are running away at full speed. And when they seem to be following us, we straight arm them and said, no way, no how. That's just legalism. That's the message coming in our churches. That's just legalism. And so... During that same period of time, the divorce rate in the Bible Belt of America increased to being more than 50% higher than the nation as a whole. So severe was that that about 15 years ago, the governors of six southern states declared a marital emergency. The pastors didn't declare it. The governors did. It was so bad. Why didn't the pastors declare it? Because they bought into the moral and spiritual apostasy. What Jesus called adultery, they called the blessing of God and a fresh start. Are you beginning to get the point? Are you? How is it that only... 9% of our professing Christian young people 10 years ago believed in absolute truth. Only 9%. How is it that among professing Christian young people 10 years ago, only 20% of them believed that Jesus Christ was the only way, the only truth, and the only life? You think it's gotten better since then? Friends, we're not teaching and preaching a message that has any consequences for eternity. I'll never forget former Christian coalition leaders Don Hodell and Randy Tate with surprising candor made this statement. Even if every leader in this country, from the White House to the schoolhouse, shared our political goals, this nation still will not change. America cannot change until the hearts of the people change. And that has to begin in God's house. And guess what? For that statement, they were fired. It came too close to home, and it wouldn't raise money.
a little pregnant silence while I take a cup of coffee to lubricate these lungs that are lifting up a voice like a trumpet today. The latest issue of World Magazine. Not particularly known, in my opinion, for its hard-hitting messages to the body of Christ, even though it is a Christian magazine. But this particular article, opinion piece, caught my attention. I want to share it with you. It's from Lynn Vincent. She asked the question, is it time to talk more about hell? I'm not going to go through all of that she has written here, but I want to go for the jugular here. Let's get down to the essence. Let's get down to the meat and, and chew on it for a moment. She said, the debate over morality has turned into a fight for reality. Given the signs of the times, which are red and threatening, amping up our winsome and being culturally relevant efforts in the church feel to me unbiblically bereft. In other words, worthless. Churchy bromides such as, it's not religion, it's a relationship. Smack of triviality, like so many dog treats for the damned. This is pretty unusual language coming from World Magazine, friends. It came in the latest issue. How many recalcitrant toddlers and teens are transformed by sweet talk alone? How many addicts are ushered gently into sobriety? Hardly any, and nearly none. On the contrary, Scripture admonishes us not to withhold discipline from wayward children, and addicts of all stripes usually endure blow after blow before reaching the end of themselves. She says, some days I find myself wishing the Reverend Jonathan Edwards were still here to tell us in no uncertain terms, reprising his 1741 hit sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, which, by the way, that sermon turned the entire eastern seaboard into a spiritual revival. It wasn't sweet nothings, and it wasn't a program, and it wasn't a celebration of godly heritage. It was massive, direct, even just reading a sermon, because Jonathan Edwards was virtually blind. He had to read his sermon. But it was the Holy Spirit watching over those words, uh, brewing over those words that stirred in the minds and hearts of the people. That world of misery that he spoke of, that lake of burning brimstone, is extended abroad under you, writes Lynn Vincent in her article in World Magazine. There's no dreadful pit of the glowing flames of the wrath of God anymore. There's hell's wide gaping mouth open, and you have nothing to stand upon nor anything to take hold of, because only the power and mere pleasure of God that is barely holding you up by a thread, said Jonathan Edwards. She says, I hope you're not seeing me as a curmudgeon. Really, I'm being compassionate. Some form of judge or judgment appears in the Bible more than 350 times. And yet scripture says we're a stiff-necked bunch, blinded with maladies ranging from complacency to outright wickedness. Maybe it's time then 
to replace winsomeness with warnings. Hmm. I underlined that. Time to replace winsomeness with warnings. How long can we afford to try to seduce people into our churches and to embrace Christ as Savior when we don't even tell them about the consequences? We're just trying to sell them a bill of goods without having to consider the cost of what it means to follow Christ. We're leading them into the kingdom under false pretenses, and they're not even entering the kingdom. What kingdom are they entering? A make-believe kingdom. And it's being revealed, not just in our national morality, but in God's house. Nancy Leigh DeMoss was right in 1996 when her lead opening message to the 4,000 Christian leaders that were gathered there begin at my sanctuary. That's where God says he's going to begin. Judgment's going to begin at the house of God. It's not going to begin at the White House. It's not going to begin in the schoolhouse. It's not going to begin in the courthouse. It's going to begin in your house and in the church house. The sooner we come to grips with that in our own minds and hearts, the sooner we may have a very slight hope of reversing this headlong apostasy in America. Oh yeah, I love the song. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. But it will only happen. God's grace is withheld from those who reject it. So where are you? Where am I? I'm hearing this message just like you are, friends. And it's doubly hard to speak it, perhaps, than it is to hear it. Thanks for joining us. Become a partner. Get a copy of the book, Renewing the Soul of America. $15 on our website. It'll stir your heart. It really will. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. Become a partner. We're preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 